Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Sunday evening. Not to be in the FAI Cup for Cork City. 2-0 it ended in favour of St. Pat's. We've the thoughts of City boss Richie Holland, Pat's manager John, John, manager John Daly, Cork City legend Philip Long and Rory O'Hagan joins us to react to that. Big day at the park in the Football Championship. Nemo and Castlehaven coming out victorious there in the semi-finals. Ireland are safely through to the quarter-finals at the World Cup. Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings will look back on the game last night against the not-so-mighty Scots. Glen Rovers face Douglas in tomorrow's Premier 1 minor hurling final and Ireland and Man United legend John O'Shea was in Cork this week. He was speaking to Cullum and we'll hear that a little later on. All of that between here and 7pm. You're listening to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock, or yes, until 7 o'clock on the day that Cork City have uh, seen their FIA Cup run come to an end, unfortunately. We're going to hear all about that a little later on. First of all, let's uh, look at the goings-on today in the world of sport and a big day, of course, at Parky Cueve, the semi-finals of the Bon Secours Premier Senior Football Championship. The first of a double header at the park saw Nemo Rangers reach a sixth final in nine years. They beat to Hallow 3-10-1-8. The second game was St. Finbar's taking on Castle Haven for a spot in the decider and it's the Haven who won out 116 to 211 their first final since 2020 if I'm not mistaken I saw a stat on Twitter as well um, possibly going to credit Dennis Hurley for it um, I think it was him that said it anyway that uh, Castlehaven and Nemo Rangers had never contested a county final before 2013 and this will be the fourth time since that they're going to face off in the county football final. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of previewing to do for us here in the Big Red Bench over the next couple of weeks with hurling and football county finals upcoming. Uh, also today in Blarney was the relegation playoff that was between Carrigaline and Mallow. Mallow were the victors; they won out three nine to one ten, which means they secured their status. But Carrigaline. Uh, do go down and uh, commiserations to them uh, let's have a look at uh, the action in the Premier League it's goalless in an early Premier League title clash are we calling it that between Arsenal and City is there a title race at City isn't it uh, it's, it's nil all after 72 and a half minutes uh, both sides could end up top of the table with victory and I presume City just end up top if it's a draw uh, Brighton and Liverpool played out a thrilling two all draw and it was the same scoreline between West Ham and Newcastle uh, two all there as well Reds boss Jurgen Klopp says their opponents made them pay for not taking their chances I think it's clear second half he should have scored a 3-1 there was a super, one or two really good opportunities but because we don't score there we keep the game open Wolves home clash with Aston Villa ended one all. Rangers returned to winning ways to move up to second in the Scottish Premiership James Tavernier scored twice in a 3-0 victory at 10-man St. Mirren uh, they dropped a third now it finished goalless in the days of the game between Aberdeen and St. Johnston and uh, as we'll hear later on St. Pat's will meet Bohemians in the FAI Cup final next month a repeat of the 2021 decider uh, the Saints booking their place following that 2-0 win we'll get into that uh, in the Women's Super League Chelsea scored 
to the 96th minute to rescue a point away at Man City. The defending champions looked like they were heading for defeat before Jura Wrighton popped up to score the crucial goal. City went down to nine players following red cards for Alex Greenwood and Lauren Hemp. Meanwhile, West Ham recorded a 2-0 win over Brighton. Tottenham beat Bristol City 3-1. Everton were beaten 1-0 by Leicester. And the late game is underway at a quarter to seven. It's Liverpool up against Aston Villa. Uh, to the Rugby World Cup, Argentina booked their spot in the last eight this afternoon. They got past Japan 39-27 in Nantes. And it sets up a clash with Wales in the quarterfinals. Uh, meanwhile, Tonga and Romania are playing for pride in Pool B. That game is into the second half. Tonga leading 21-17. And the late game this evening sees Fiji take on Portugal in Pool C at eight o'clock. I actually expect that to be a very good game. A win for Fiji would see them advance to the last eight. Portugal um, have put in a very good showing at this World Cup and um, you know you wouldn't blame them for for, uh, knocking on the Six Nations door either after this one to golf Leona Maguire goes in search of a top 10 finish at the Ascendant on the LPGA Tour this evening she's recovered slightly after bogeys on her opening two holes today and is now up to one under par all round in a tie for 21st she's now 10 shots off the lead and that's held by South Korean Kim Hyo-jo Athletics Kevin Kipton broke the men's marathon world record the Kenyan who won in 2 hours and 35 seconds in Chicago uh, he beats compatriot Eliud Kipchoge's uh, previous quickest time by more than half a minute and uh, to F1 Red Bull's Max Verstappen has started today's Qatar Grand Prix on pole position he aims to clinch a 14th race victory of the season he's already claimed the, he got the uh, the, the Drivers' World Championship last night after the sprint race and um, has become just the fourth ever driver to win three consecutive world titles and uh, I suppose like it was Vettel he had three in a row as well at Red Bull they seem to they come in threes for the uh, for, for the Red Bull team and uh, British Mercedes pair George Russell and Lewis Hamilton are the ones following him I'll give a check there uh, before we uh, after we get into the uh, Cork City stuff to see how that one is going on uh, alright let's go into that uh, game now at Turner's Cross Cork City beaten by St. Pat's 2-0 Rory O'Hagan was there for us he was also on the PA system today uh, giving it plenty he had the full time report full time at Turner's Cross in Cork City are out of the FAI Cup at the semi-final stage they've lost by two goals to nil to St. Patrick's Athletic at Turner's Cross Matt Doyle putting the Saints ahead after 11 minutes Connor Cachy with a quite brilliant strike to double the Saints lead after 83 minutes Cork City were excellent in the first half as they tried to restore parity following the concession of that early goal second half struggled a little bit St. Pat's yeah and it was uh it was a good atmosphere at Turner's cross but uh, unfortunately just not to be Richie Holland was speaking with Rory after the game game with uh, Cork City manager Richie Holland uh, Richie I'd imagine you're massively disappointed after that result I suppose that's the only way you can be after that ah yeah devastated do you know I felt the lads put in an energetic performance you know they were in the first half there was probably a little mini period where Pat started the game and we cleared one I think off the line or there was a save there and 
Things resulted in throwing the one aspect on and caught again from across in the back post, and it was disappointing. But we thought we, we actually started the first few minutes okay, and then after their, their goal, I felt that we created more than enough to, to be ahead of half time. Yeah. The mindset kind of still being behind, you know. And when you come to these games, it's that killer instinct, you know, you need to have, you know, you need to take it. In fairness to, to Pats, the, the second goal there comes from and again another throw switched off, and uh, the boy Cardi's finished it well, John. The rebound, Terrific strike yeah, it is, it is, you know, but that's the difference, really. Like, you know, like it, that's that's a, a half chance, really, John, you because know, it's a hard technique, and he, he's he's kept it down well, he's, he's, he's finished it well, you know. So, what was the main difference between the first half and the second half? Because, as you say, the first half he took the game to him after that goal, the second half seems flat by comparison. Yeah, Pats, Pats went into two and a one in midfield, so they were a little bit more defensive. I thought first half we exploited the spaces, you know, um, on the sides of Lennon, you know, I thought like um, Ben got into good pockets and he was able to drive in, into those spaces. I just think they tightened up a little bit defensively and they probably were a little bit more structured defensively. For us, then it was kind of more about us kind of, you know, on our sets and you know, in wider areas having a bit more quality. I just felt that we didn't keep the ball alive from second phases, from sets and stuff like that, you know, enough. And that was probably different. I needed to get the shed involved in the second half. It probably probably was a little bit um, there was a lull in the game probably in the mid- midway through the second half that's why we made the changes I was just I was hoping that the, the lads who were coming on would make a difference and look the lads gave it their all at the end of the day so that's what I asked of them you know, but it just wasn't enough yeah, and you mentioned the crowd there it was a terrific atmosphere here today overall yeah look I spoke to the players after I just said look lads we have to use this as a motivator going forward is that we need to stay in this league and that's that's the bottom line here really Like is that when you see crowds like that and the atmosphere for today we're one of the biggest clubs in the country if not the biggest mm. and Cork City has to be in the Premier Division because you get crowds like that you get more opportunities to play in front of uh, in big occasions and stuff like that we don't want to be going back down to the first division and look for us now that's our main focus going forward it has to be every day in training it has to be our, our main focus staying in this division yeah and some huge games coming up as well so you, got to, you can't, don't have time I suppose to, to lick the wounds I guess yeah look yeah look it'll take a few days to get over because it is sore I'm not, well, not going to deny that you know it is sore and you know we were um, we were you know we were there or sorry Pats were there for the take and I thought today and mm. we just didn't do it and that's probably the most regret, regretful thing if it was a bad performance and if it was a case that you know we didn't create anything and stuff like that and, and that whereas you kind of look at it and say okay you know we were poor in the day I didn't think we were poor in the day I just think we just didn't take our chances and mm. that's, that's, that's football isn't it got to take the positives I suppose and that first half performance I suppose has to be the standard going forward yeah look I thought there was some, some really good play you know I thought we broke lines and as I say we got on the side of Lennon there really well you know and Ben Ben was very influential in the first half as you say second half then with the 2-1 he probably didn't find the, the spaces there. so that was the idea of bringing on uh, Malik and Joe and, mm. and, and, and Barry Coffey and, and so on you know that we wanted to go and try and chase it and you know that was it and obviously we got caught there from a, from a throw in there good strike and very good finish you know so that's it at the end of the day from those days Richard thanks for talking to us no worries thanks Rory yeah, Richie Holland there speaking afterwards to Rory after the defeat to St. Pat's. Um, just to interrupt that, uh, the two Mercedes actually took each other out turn one in, in the Qatar Grand Prix. I see Lewis Hamilton on the back of a moped here on his way back to the pit lane. Uh, but uh, Verstappen is the one leading there. Uh, anyway, uh, Rory was also speaking to the St. Pat's boss, John Daly. 
John, congratulations. You must be very, very happy man there now after that. Yeah, we're obviously delighted. Um, when you play in semi-finals, you want to try and win them. And I thought we we got a really good first goal with Mark Doyle on the move in the box on the cross. And then the second strike from Connor is outrageous. It's a great strike from... Scandalous, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great strike from Jay McClelland. And then technique and execution from Connor is is exceptional. And, you know, from the angle I was at, I wasn't sure if it went in. It was the fans behind the goal, obviously, let me know it was in the net. And, um, you know, it was, it was a great time for us as well. I think at 1-0... You probably feel that Cork are going to just, you know, camp in and then you're going to be trying to play on the counter. And I thought the lads defended magnificently well. Uh, Joe Redmond, Dave Norman, Jay McGrath, when he came on, had an outstanding tackle, um, you know, to, to stop a shot. And, you know, I think uh, full-back Santa Breslin ran his socks off. Ryan McLaughlin's been out injured for a number of weeks and come straight back in and, you know, had to come off a cramp. So I think the work right from the players and um, everything they put into the game today, there's a lot of them are struggling with illness as well. You know, I think Adam Murphy um, overnight struggling with illness. Chris Forrester's still, still as well struggling. So, you know, they put in an absolute shift. You know, and I think we're just just delighted to be mm. to be in a cup final and something to look forward to now after the league campaign finishes. Cork City certainly bought it in the first half after that goal. Not so much in the second. What did you change at halftime? Well, I think we had we had started the game with kind of one midfielder down and two higher, and at half time we flipped it that we put two down and one higher to to try and be aware of the second ball. I think at times in the first half we were quite open and expansive when the ball turned over, and I think dropping dropping Chris down beside Lenny in the in the middle of the park and playing Keane that little bit higher, who's a ball carrier, um, you know, gave us a little bit more kind of defensive assurance. It probably took away a little bit from our attacking threat, mm-hmm. but I think when you're, when you're one nil up in the game. We were we were kind of just managing it and, and trying to wait for that opportunity. I thought the boys that came on the pitch from the bench were very very good. Um, they all made an impact, um, which we asked from them. You know, obviously there's a, a huge disappointment for them to not start the game, which which I totally understand. You know, when you're a player, you want to play every game, and especially a game of this magnitude at a club like Cork with a full house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the lads all want to play; they're all itching to play. But unfortunately, my job I can only play eleven. I can only start. 11 you know so I think the boys that came on there was no disappointment from them that didn't play it was every, everyone um, pulling together to try and get through and you know delight for Conor Carty with, as I said with, a, with an outrageous goal as well You had a tremendous travelling support here today what does it mean to St. Patrick's Lake fans to be in the FA Cup final? Yeah well look I think they've been magnificent all year right from the you know probably from since I've come to the club you know I think when the, when the club won the cup in, in 2021 you know they, it gave a huge lift to everyone in Inchicore and um, you know I think the fan base has been fantastic for the the couple of years that I've been here and I think this year in particular they've been outstanding they've been they followed us especially in the cup you know we've not had the privilege of playing at home in front of our own fans and they followed us all over the country at a great expense um, you know it's not cheap to come down to, to Cork two weekends in a row we had a great uh, support here last week mm-hmm. and then even this week then we brought probably double that support down and you know the, the expense that comes in with it fuel and travelling and staying overnight or whenever I know, I know there's a few that stayed overnight and um, so now I'm delighted for them it gives them something to look forward to we've obviously
actually got four massive games in the league that we need to take care of first um, and it gives the players a, a huge occasion to look forward to in, in, in November that you know everybody it keeps your season kind of ticking along nicely and we've got a massive game now in a couple of weeks against Bowles um, that we need to go, try and go through and win that and um, try and give ourselves the best chance of qualifying for Europe in the league before we go into the cup final that would be a nice little dress rehearsal for the cup final it's going to be a proper cup tie Dublin derby a pack to Viva it's going to be magic yeah I think um, you know it was a very very well supported game a couple of years ago when Pats and Bowes played in the final um, so I think I think both clubs have made massive strides in, in them two years and um, they're in a much probably healthier place than they were then so I, I would imagine it will be an even bigger crowd that comes through and watches the game and it'll be a great occasion as you said but it's something that we can try and try to park um, as much as we'll enjoy the day and the night and and all that we'll uh, we'll definitely park it um, you know next few days with the over the international break and then uh, full attention turns to to going to Daly Mount and trying to pick up three points John congratulations best luck in the cup finals very much thank you yeah, Sam Pat's manager, John Daly there with Rory after the game. And uh, just looking down here at the screen, Arsenal have taken a 1-0 lead at home to Man City. 86 minutes gone. It's Gabriel Martinelli with the goal. So does that actually reignite some sort of a, a title race? That remains to be seen. Uh, Rory was also talking to Cork City legend and his LOI TV uh, commentary partner, Philip Long, afterwards. Okay, joined by Cork City legend and my uh, LOI TV commentator Philip Long. We had the day off today, Phil, for the the FAI Cup semi final, and I, for me anyway, the reaction is disappointment. I thought that Cork City had a chance at St Pat's. I thought St Pat's were there for the taking in the first half. Second half, not so much, very flat. Yeah, definitely, Rory. I mean, it was great having the day off and being able to relax and uh, and seeing the game. But um, I think City played very well in the first half, but just didn't come out of the dressing room in the second half. Mm. Uh, it was a tall ask in the second half. Had a couple of chances, just didn't take them. And I don't think there was any real chances Pats had in the second half, but they got one and they stuck it. Mm. That's the difference. That's what happens in the cup. They were two great goals, though, from oh, Pats, two, they? two great goals. They were, without doubt, with that. You know? But, you know, City will be disappointed and it'll take a couple of days before it'll sink in and you know, get back and concentrate in the league again. But today, you know, everyone that left here was disappointed. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, there was, but you take the positives. Cork's first half performance was a positive. The atmosphere around here, another positive, and it just shows you, I suppose, the potential of this club and when they're on form and there's a packed house, there's no other place you want to be, really. No, there's not. There's really, I mean, what was it, 6,300 mm. here today? And everyone was, was just pulling on City to, to do well. And you we expecting that, especially in the up against St. Pat's I, after last week's game I couldn't believe that uh, Pat's would beat us today but you know cup football is just totally different you know and Pat's took their chances and they're gone to the cup final now yeah and very best luck indeed to them but second half Pat's just changed their shape in midfield and I think that stopped City from doing what they did so well in the first half uh, it did it did yes I mean they dominated in the second half they were in the middle of the park as you said you know and, and they progressed and then when they you know Pat's made a substitution and the players just walked straight onto the pitch nobody marked them ball was thrown to him and he was unlucky not to score mm. you know they, I mean they weren't just tuned into that and mm. Pat scored a very very good goal out of that yeah that Conor Carty strike mm. was ridiculous I was perfectly in line with it and just the strike the technique was something else. yeah oh, it's great but you know it's, everyone's disappointed here today and 
you know, City will have to concentrate now on, on staying up, and that's that's very, very important. And it's a huge ask as well for us. Not mathematically impossible if they can finish it, but realistically, Cork City are looking into um, a playoff with the, the first division team, which isn't going to be easy. No, it's not. I, I Me personally, Rory, I, I wouldn't fancy playing against Cove. I wouldn't fancy it. I think Cove would be up for it big time. Um, I'm not saying Waterford won't be or, or whoever comes up, but I think it'll be an easier game if we play against Waterford rather than Cove. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's it's all in the day again. Yeah, fingers crossed. Phil, thanks as always. A pleasure. Thank you, Rory. All right, Rory O'Hagan is on the line now to look back at a very disappointing day at Turner's Cross. Unfortunately, Cork City won't be heading to Lansdowne Road for the FAI Cup final as they were defeated 2-0 by St. Pat's in the last four uh, Rory, I suppose we're just saying there, like Cork City, they, they played well. It just wasn't their day. Pats had two moments of pure quality, and that was the difference. That was the difference. Two tremendous goals um, from St. Pats. Mark Doyle with a lovely finish from close range after uh, 11 minutes. Beautiful ball played in uh, from the right flank by uh, fullback Ryan McLaughlin. And uh, Mark Doyle times his run to perfection, gets in there ahead of Josh Honahan and uh, just stares at home from six yards. It was a quality goal, quality goal. And then the goal from Connor Carty is just a tremendous strike. It's an absolutely beautiful goal. Yeah. Uh, he just strikes it so well, so much power, rising all the way into the roof of the net. It was a gorgeous strike. It's just a shame it happened against Cork City in the FA Cup semi final. That's it. Um, yeah. yeah, look, today. Um, was a great occasion there was a great atmosphere I had proper cup final buzz going or cup semi-final buzz on today there's something magic about the FEI cup final and getting to turn us cross and the excitement and talking to people and the nerves and the quiet confidence of Cork City fans well it's not really quiet when it comes to Cork City fans <laughs> Cork City fans are confident to getting a result today it's cup football next minutes cliche 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 anything can happen yada 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 and for the first half after going a goal down City took it to St. Pat's they were by far the better side by far they just needed to score before half time that didn't happen like they created a number of chances Rory Keating had a couple of chances um, with a header he probably should have scored from he had a beautiful curling strike um, into the St. Anne's and it was the way the ball moved in the air was something else it was a proper knuckleball strike so the ball went from right to left to right to left Dean Linus I just left it couldn't do anything about it flashed past the post beautiful strike and then second half um, like we just heard from Richie Holland there as he said that like St. Pat's changed things up midfield went a bit more defensive and that just stopped Cork City completely like Cork City couldn't get anything going it was very very flat they are playing into the shed end very very flat and it was just the case of what might have been for Cork City because I feel that Cork City or that St. Pat's team were there for the taking in the first half and it's just massively disappointing massive disappointment that they, they couldn't capitalise on that excellent first half performance yeah and even there was a chance there in the second half it might have been um, was it Murphy that got in the way and almost kind of stopped it on the line or, or something the corner kind of swung in and swung all the way to the back post and uh, on another day that just flies in off his yeah. heel like doesn't it you know it's yeah, yeah it does like and look to be fair like Cork City had a number of like chances but I don't think Dean Linus had too many saves to make in the St. Pat's goal either to be perfectly honest it was just um, 
Cork's either going to rule the fact that they couldn't bring that first half performance into the second half you had sent me a text message halfway through the first half going like silly need to score before half time and you were dead right they did yeah. and they didn't and they just couldn't bring that energy into the second half so you're also going to be tired because the effort that they put in from the first half was phenomenal they were chasing them balls they were harrying the St. Pat's players they didn't leave St. Pat's I was second on the ball and from minute one Cork said we're brilliant but just undone by two moments of magic from St. Pat's um, and that Conor Carty goal is going to live long in the memory of St. Pat's fans there's a big big crowd down at Turner's Cross today certainly in loud voice they're going to enjoy their trip to the Aviva Stadium well that Conor Carty goal was just a moment of magic and look it's court, it's court to the out of the FA Cup and it's just disappointment is the main feeling around Turner's Cross today yeah, just on the goal, like Conor Carty, I'm not sure if he's left footed or not. I really hope he is <laughs> because there was some effort with his left foot. Like to get his knee over the ball and get the connection on it and just fire it in past the goalkeeper. And the shot, to, first of all, to be fair, was really difficult for the city goalkeeper to handle um, because I looked at it swerved on him as well and he had to react late to it. Um, but is there a feeling that, that city, the city defence should have got on that break a bit quicker? and they shouldn't have let him have that rebound like he he had no right to score it like that's kind of the thing isn't it yeah just like looking back at it after the game I mean like Jason McClellan takes an excellent uh, an excellent shot um, that forces a fine save from Bolly Byrne but he just unfortunately pushes it directly into the path of uh, Conor Carty I mean like there's three Carty players looking at Jonas Hacken and Derek King Coleman's there um, Joe Brian Whitmarsh there none of them react to it and um, look, it's 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 a terrific strike. I mean, like if you try that ten times, you might score it once because of the technique involved in that, just getting over the ball and keeping it under the crossbar was just sensational, absolutely sensational. Yeah. And it, look, it's, it's all you can say about it. Like it was just a magic, magic goal. Um, unfortunately, just uh, came to the expense of Cork City, who now have to to, to dust themselves off. They have no game next week because of international break, but dust themselves off and move on because they have to secure Premier Division status for next season that is the barest of bare minimums for this Cork City team to stay in the Premier Division it's not impossible that they can finish 8 it's not likely they're going to finish 8 so look realistically Cork City are going to um, have that uh, relegation playoff the first division team could be Waterford could be co-ramblers I mean like they're, if, if it was to be either of them they'd be fired up and ready to take on this Cork City team um, so it's 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 not beyond the realms of possibility Cork City could be could be relegated in a few weeks now I hope they won't I, I don't think they will I think they'll, they'll have enough yeah, I think if they, the if they play the way if they play the way they did today, like they did play well, and they, like guys got on the ball, they made things happen, um, like that. It's just getting the shots on target. What wasn't there today, like, but with the quality they showed against a side like St. Pat's, who were doing so well basically in the title race up until like a couple of weeks ago, and they're going to be in the cup final. Um, you know, they definitely have the quality to uh, to to get past whoever comes out of that playoff, even though Waterford are really good at the moment. And if it's Gove Ramblers, I, I think everything goes out the window because it's going to be an insane game. It'll be like a cup final. There won't be any sort of precedent for that game. Um, but if it is Waterford, I think with the way they play today, City have enough. Yeah, you'd hope so. Like as I said to Richie, like that first half performance has to be the minimum, the the the, the, the standard for Cork City for the rest of the season. Um, so that's what they're going to have to do and take the, that into those games. They have to get ready for this relegation playoff. If City were to play like that, um, first half performance, put that over ninety minutes against the first division side, they'll they'll surely have enough for them. Um, but look, it's. It, 
it's essentially a cup final and look without reverting to all of the cup cliches that I've been using solidly all day anything can happen in 90 minutes and look you can't take it for granted that you're going to be the first division side in a playoff game so look big few weeks ahead for Cork City it's going to be a nervous few weeks for Cork yeah. City in that uh, relegation playoff it's, 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 it's going to be absolutely huge it's it's a good thing as well that we just have the week's break isn't it because um, it will take the lads a couple of days to get over like a, a loss like this obviously and the fans will need to get over it as well a bit I suppose because there will be a lot of disappointment after today being at home and having that big occasion and never getting the goal to celebrate either which was uh, probably the biggest disappointment for, for the fans um, yeah, to have the week yeah, now yeah. to watch Ireland do whatever they're going to do and be depressed about <laughs> that maybe for a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah look yeah international break next week um, I'd rather be a tourist cross watching Cork City than watching Republic of Ireland uh, um, to be perfectly honest with you but Cork City um, have that week off and you're right it's, it's going to take them a few days to get over this because a lot of effort went into today the atmosphere around tourist cross was just electric before the game and credit to the St. Patrick's Athletic supporters who like were electric when their team scored they they, they, they created a great atmosphere yeah. not throughout the 90 minutes it has to be said but when their team scored they, they did um, create um, like quite an atmosphere but look disappointed look as you can probably tell the only thing I can say is I'm disappointed yeah because yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I can say I'm massively disappointed because I think Cork's had a huge opportunity to get to the, the FBI Cup semi-final or FBI Cup final today against them Pats in the semi-final and uh, on another day half chance goes their way we could be heading to the Aviva in a few weeks but it's not looking and St. Pat's and Bohemians would be a good occasion up in uh, the Aviva Stadium that'll be a good crowd and a, a proper cup tie that will be and uh, very best luck indeed to the Saints and the Decider and just before I let you go you're filling in for Cullum today are the speakers at Turner's Cross still working properly or have they been blown out from you uh, screaming into the microphone there right at the start of the second half John Kinney <laughs> yeah, and RT commentary yeah. had, to, had to even acknowledge it yeah, I certainly gave it a go, right, didn't I? Um, look, I did my best to like get everyone into it and get everyone up for the game. And look, like I didn't need much. Look, I hadn't done PA in years upon years upon years, so it was fantastic to uh, to do it and fantastic to um, to to help play a small part in the uh, in the atmosphere today. But the Cork City fans deserve great credit. I thought they were excellent. Excellent stuff. All right, Rory O'Hagan, thanks a million for that. Not to be for Cork City, uh, but a big couple of weeks ahead. Thanks a million. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, Rory there afterwards uh, from Turner's Cross. Unfortunately, Cork City nil, St. Pat's 2 in the FAI Cup semi-final. All right, we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, Tom Savage is going to talk to us. Uh, Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings, all about Ireland versus Scotland. And, of course, now it's back to that familiar quarterfinal stage of the World Cup. Don't go away. This is the show. Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. And uh, we're now going to be joined live on the line by Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings to look back at Ireland's win over Scotland last night. 36-14 it ended in the final group game to set up the quarterfinal clash with the All Blacks. Uh, Tom, uh, thanks for joining us on the show, first of all. Delighted to be here. 
Do you kind of look back now and maybe give a bit of bit of a chuckle as as to kind of the the nerves that was ahead of this game and the bravado from Scotland and you know the fact that they were going to pull off this unbelievable achievement and knock Ireland out of the World Cup despite them being the the best team in the world at the moment. Yeah, it kind of ended up turning out a lot, like almost like the opposite of what Scotland were talking about. Yeah. Um, that's been, a, a, I think, a, a classic thing that when you look at Scotland over the years, um, especially in the last couple of years, they seem to have this tendency to talk themselves up, especially against Ireland. And uh, it just hasn't worked out for them. And it certainly didn't work out here. Yeah, they, it like they they do spectacularly fail like over and over again. Scotland, they, they, and I, I know I suppose we we've talked Ireland to death almost at this stage, so it's actually worth almost looking at Scotland in a way. Um, I think is it uh, Van der Marv would have been, I suppose, one of their kind of biggest players, and uh, about it took him maybe eighty minutes to actually beat a couple of defenders with the ball in his end. I, I think with Scotland, like they have good players. I think if you look at the likes of Finn Russell, he's a good player. You look at Blair Kinghorn, even who was doing the most amount of talking this week, he's also a good player. Duane van der Merwe is a great player. You look at Darcy Graham, uh, Pierre Schumann, their lucid prop, another good player. Their back row, all good players. I'm not quite sure why they haven't pulled it together. Um, to you know, create a team that can get beyond the, the stage of talking about being better. Do you know, like I think if you go back and you watch the Six Nations over the last couple of years, they've had a few big wins. They've beaten France at home. They've beaten England in, in fairly big games in Twickenham and up in uh, up in Murrayfield. But when you look at the the games against Ireland, they've always come crashing down in those games. And I think part of it is due to the style of rugby that Gregor Townsend plays. The the sort of a sort of transition game to a certain extent but they play a lot of phases as well that works against a team like France who are inefficient almost as a byproduct as the way they play but if you look at Ireland the most efficient team in world rugby the most rootless team in world rugby when it comes to um, finishing off teams who give them opportunities as Scotland do repeatedly it's a different level of opposition and I think that for Scotland they still feel that their wins over France and over England should then logically lead to beating Ireland because to them, France, England, or Ireland are all on the same level. Yeah. But when it comes to styles of play, um, Ireland's style of play is just a horrible matchup for the way Gregor Townsend sets up his team at the moment where they are inefficient by default and Ireland mop teams up like that all day long. And in truth, this game, which again, I was nervous enough for, ended up being light work for Ireland. Yeah, and I suppose the quick start as well really did just drive that home. The man of the hour was Peter O'Mahony. Um, they are they are one hundred of the hardest earned caps in the history of Irish rugby, aren't they? And it's great that he's a Cork man, and I suppose it makes us that bit more uh, uh, bleary eyed when we when we think of him. And but he, like it is incredible, like for him to have achieved a hundred caps. Because any time he ever took to the pitch, like anything could happen to him. The way he throws himself into games, you know, he picks up a lot of injuries. It's a it's a massive achievement for him, and uh, I'd say he couldn't have picked a better game to do it either. Because that man does not like the Scots. Is for me, I think it's a it's a fair enough statement to make that Peter Romani is one of the best back row forwards in the world, and I think he's one of the top three back row players that Ireland have ever produced. You look at his his body of work over his career; he's captain the Lions in a Test. Um, he has got his hundred caps now for Ireland as well. How important he's been to Munster! Delighted he got to to lift that trophy for Munster this season as well. The way his game has 
matured, we'll say, with him and become more important. The things he's really good at are the things that have become globally the most important things for a forward to have in this game as it's kind of gone over the last maybe five, maybe 10 years. His lineup work is absolutely fantastic. For a guy listed at six foot two, he plays so much bigger than what he is. His line-out jumping both in attack and defense is fantastic. And like, but the, the, the technical stuff is all there. His breakdown work is fantastic. And he's just like, it's something that's really underrated in this game, how good he is at that. Some people then overlook at the, 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 the how angry he plays, the emotion that he plays with. And some people thought that that's the only reason that he was selected. That's the cherry on top. Everything else, he's an incredibly technically adept rugby player. And I think some people, so it's, it's easy sometimes to kind of gloss over just how good he is at what he does. And for me, he's again, like I think top three all time for back row players produced in Ireland. And I think that I would argue against anybody who says that he's not in that conversation. He's a fantastic player. To see him get his performance here, you know, as aggressive as he was, as dominant as he was. That's exactly what you want from Peter Romani and he produces it almost every single time. Absolutely. He's he's the consistency he had a bit of a a dip a couple of years ago and uh he's just the consistency he has though uh, is unbelievable and he's in he, he's in as as good a form he's ever been in. Um I suppose just uh, just to finish up then cuz I'm just slightly pushed for time. Um I heard Keith Wood saying that Ireland have done unbelievably well in this pool stage. However, we are now back to the same stage that we always end up uh, in this competition back into a quarter final and it's deja vu again it's against the All Blacks now it's a much different landscape to the last time we faced the All Blacks in the quarter final um, but this is I suppose there's no other way of saying it it is the biggest game in Irish rugby history upcoming surely Oh I would agree I mean I think looking at the way that Ireland have played the teams they've beaten over the last two years this team not making a final and maybe not maybe getting to a final and not winning it would for me be a massive letdown based on what we've seen from this team how good we've seen that they can be now this week is normally where the journey ends for Ireland and the World Cup but history is only what you make of it I think looking at this Irish team they're not really too bound by history and especially when you look at the All Blacks there's a tendency to get spooked by the old All Black jersey. Ireland have beaten this All Blacks team uh, in New Zealand in a three-game series and should have won a 3-0. I think Ireland's nothing to fear from the All Blacks. I think this is the first time you could probably say that, that we have nothing to fear from this group. But we just have to go out there now and, and perform. And I think you look at how this team, how they've matured and, and the experiences in this team. It's one of the most capped teams that there's ever been at a World Cup. Will they choke? Will they freeze on the big day? That's we've got, we've got to wait and see how it turns out. I don't think this Irish team will, but we'll have to look and see because it's it's always ended here for this group. Can they go that next bit further? And again, the All Blacks are going to be a tough a tough ask here. But I think in the packed Stade de France, full maybe sixty seventy thousand Irish people, I think they'll have more than a good chance to do so. And I would back them to do it one hundred percent based on what I've seen so far. Yeah, what a huge week. Huge week coming up for Ireland in the World Cup. Uh, the All Blacks on the horizon. Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings, thanks a million for joining us. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks to Tom there. And uh, look, it is a massive week, isn't it? Uh, it couldn't be any bigger. It's the All Blacks in a World Cup quarterfinal. And you really do feel that if Ireland can get over this hurdle, that it's there for them. It's there for the taking. Because it, it's... 
it's it's going to be a slightly easier like the semi-final is going to be a massively easier uh, opponent most likely than than what this quarter-final is so uh, look we we live in hope and we'll have to wait and see Uh, let's get a full-time report from the Emirates Stadium where Arsenal have uh, come up trumps against Man City I think it stops at 12 uh, game losing streak against uh, Pep Guardiola's side uh, Ryan Bromelo has the full time report It's finished Arsenal 1 Manchester City 0 Jubilation spine tingling the champions defeated again twice in a row in the league for the first time in nearly 5 years Nathan Ake the unfortunate party glancing beyond the Edison into the back of his own net after Martinelli rifled a shot from range it's a goal that queries fate, a goal that anchors them in the chase and propels the Gunners into seconds. It's finished at the Emirates. Arsenal 1, Manchester City 0. I think Ryan might be an Arsenal fan. Uh, powerful stuff there. Uh, all right, the uh, the Premier One minor hurling final takes place tomorrow evening. It is Glen Rovers uh, versus Douglas, and uh, on we have uh, some. Uh, preview here we have uh, David Brosnan the Glen Rovers manager I spoke to him a little earlier on a big day out I suppose uh, always is for these minor players and uh, look uh, best of luck to both sets of teams of course uh, as they go and prepare for their big day out here's David Brosnan the Glen Rovers manager Alright I'm joined on the line now by David Brosnan Glen Rovers manager ahead of the Premier One minor hurling final tomorrow evening uh, David exciting times I imagine and uh, the lads are, must be looking forward to tomorrow evening Yeah they can't wait for it now um, I think the sooner it gets there now the better they're really looking forward to it so we'll have a session um, just a small session now tonight just to get the guys around each other and and then looking forward to the ball to get thrown in then on um, Monday night I suppose tell us a bit about your campaign to this date obviously it's gone very well you're into this cider um, but just I suppose give us a run through how it's gone for you so far um, we started off slow um, you know we we did a pretty decent league campaign and really trying to um, we had new selectors involved this year so really trying to give them an opportunity to um, get to know the players better um, and I think due to that, we're kind of tinkering a bit with our with our formation and where people were playing. Um, we started the first game against Inascara, and and I think some of those players in the wrong positions, maybe not really focused on um, our the right effort levels, and as a result, Inascara beat us well on on the day and well deserved victory. Um, but since then, we've been um, really kind of getting into into good form um, we again we played y'all and had a I suppose a, a grinding victory wasn't anything um, special um, but then we knew because of the loss in the scare then we were going into we played Douglas in, in our group and we had to win out in Douglas to I suppose maintain our season and it was a, a great game from the from the two teams um, and thankfully we were able to get out um, with the, the three point win and that set up then a bit of the, the, the look of the, and the balls of the bounce to see who was going to finish top of the group and who would have a playoff. And as a result, um, we ended up going to the playoff um, with Inescara. So it gave us an opportunity then to kind of right the ship and, and kind of show just how much we've been developing and, and coming through. And again, they had a, a great performance against Inescara. 
uh, in the in the, the second game. Um, yeah. Really started playing well and really playing what what we would say is a really determined Glenn display. Um, just huge effort levels all over the pitch, you know, from one to fifteen, which was fantastic. And then um, we had Middleton in the semi final um, again. Couldn't fault any one of our lads. One to fifteen were absolutely brilliant. The subs that came in were fantastic. Effort levels, you know, it was really a disciplined control game again for the sixty minutes, which is really what you want to be able to see. That for the sixty minutes, just never relented, never let up. Really did everything. Good decision making, and that's what you kind of want. Now just heading into the final, coming into form at the at the right time. So hopefully that'll be the same on Monday. Yeah, and like you said, it's Douglas again, Free, who, who you have played already this year. And look, I suppose the guys will be very familiar with each other anyway. Um, I'm sure they've played each other many times down through the years. Uh, what would the form line be like that between the, between yourselves and Douglas? Um, I suppose over the over the years in the same age group, how how would that have gone in the past couple of years? Um, we played them in the let's say in the. 15 or the under six, yeah, under 15 semi final as well, uh, up in the Glen. And again, we had a, a big lead in that one. And Douglas came back, took the lead, and then we had a, a goal, let's say, in the last minute to, to separate it again and allow us to go into the county final there on the 15s. Um, so again, it'd be nip and tuck. But the one thing, again, when you're coming into minor, it's not the same teams anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, that you're really now melding in, you know, what is, let's say, especially for us, we've, we're melding in the 15, 16, and 17 teams together to, to really come out now and compete with uh, as strong as a, a team as a club can, can put out there. Other teams are doing the same. So, what you were used to playing, just all kids on one age, where now when you come to the minor team, you're um, you're seeing differences, and I think that's the same with with, with Douglas. Now it's the the team from below under 16s and 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 their 17s melded together. You're really getting to see um, a different team altogether. So that's why it was. I think it's good in that the two of us like we played each other in the group this year um, in the in the league that we played each other in the championship uh, this year. So this will be the third time we'll meet. Um, again on Monday. So like you're saying, we're, we'll be very familiar with each other and, and know what's. Uh, what's on board so it's really about the kids now can our kids yeah. they're like grown adults you know at the moment but it's really about them performing on the day so we just hope that they go out and they do perform and they have no regrets at the end of it yeah, and I suppose then just to finish up, look, it's not been, I suppose, the greatest of years for Glen Rovers, but this is a huge chance. There'll be a, a big, I suppose, sense of anticipation for everyone involved in the club. It would be, uh, I suppose, a, a good ending to what has been probably one of the more difficult years for the club. Yeah, and I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about, the club, right? So when if, if one person's down, the other person's supposed to pick you right back up again. Um, and again, like the senior players have been great around around the, the teams here. Anything you want, they're asked for, they're here to support. So that's what we've been saying now to this group. It's our job now to to show to everyone that the Glen Rovers is, you know, is, is putting through huge talent um, all in our history. It's this team again has huge talent on it. Um, and we want to be able to showcase that again so people are you know, can be be reassured that Glen Rovers will be will be back up again as, as quick as we can. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dave, the very best of luck uh, tomorrow in the final. Uh, it's Douglas versus Glen Rovers in the Premier One minor hurling final. Uh, thanks a bit for joining us on the Big Air Bench. Thanks.
Yeah, excellent stuff there. The Glen Rovers minor manager, David Brosnan, ahead of their county final against Douglas. And the very best look to both sides in that game. They're at Parky Rin. It's a double header. So the Premier 2 final is Killa versus... Uh, Killa versus I'm assuming Newt or Killa versus Chandram and uh, it is Glen Rovers versus Douglas then so the first game is half six and then the Premier One game between the Glen and Douglas is 8pm at Park E. Wren. Uh, Alright last night Dahanese booked their place in the Senior A football final uh, by getting the better of not going to agree 119 to 212 it ended there they meet Newcestown now uh, Dohanese manager Declan O'Dwyer was speaking to the media after the game I suppose the way we started we tear that first 10 minutes and um, full credit to not agree like uh, we're chasing shadows of small but they're sixes and sevens just trying to figure out who we're marking they caught us yeah. a bit un- unaware on a few things to be honest so but once they settled like to go in at half time a point down was massive yeah. considering the first 10-15 minutes like in that goal you know um, they responded brilliantly and then the way we started that second half and look anything you can one nineteen, you're happy. Yeah. Like, was it something you were almost planning for that after the four weeks off there is a bit of acclimatization just to get back up to the, the speed of things? Hundred percent. It's always your fear because it's not a position we were in. Yeah. The last two years we haven't had it, and um, so trying to get, walk things out right there the last few weeks. And you know, you hope you get it right. Yeah. You know, we had a good challenge game two weeks ago there, and um, we thought we're looking good, but they just caught us away out that goal. To be full credit yeah, to them, yeah. like, you know, it was something we expected from them that diagonal ball, but we just didn't handle it well. Yeah. And, but you had like they settled, they settled. Yeah. And as, as I said, there up here, I suppose we we had the benefit of playing here two years ago. So you know, it's very hard to get a message in. Yeah. And but they organised it. Okay. Well, if you like, they just they organised straight away. They realised someone has to say it, someone has to do this, and yeah. they took control of it. Yeah, because like, there was a few balls early on that their sweeper cut out, but then he kind of started working it a bit, a bit better. Like yeah, 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 and and, and vice versa as well. Don't our end. I thought like. They caught us unaware with the tree up top, to be yeah. fair to them. I didn't expect tree up top. And so we didn't have to adjust and get someone in front of them. Yeah. And, uh, for Barry Donovan there is probably the oldest player we have. And I thought, no, he was outstanding there, just sitting there with yeah, seven yeah. in for us and coming out with ball. Like, And once we play with pace, we're, we're, we're hard stopped in all fairness. Yeah, and like to get the point to the start of the second half, then to be alert enough to turn over the kick out, get the goal, and then another point. So all of a sudden you're up by four and he never really looked in, in danger from there. Like, Yeah, always, like anytime you get on top like that you have to make you know yeah. things, you have to make a count and they did like you said there um, they punished the kickouts just for a few minutes and it, it just makes a huge difference we went from being a point down to a four I spent in the space of about four minutes yeah, or yeah. maybe something like that so that's massive that's a massive yeah. turnaround and like to, to have this level of attacking threats that you have like if you got eight from play Mark got 1-2 and it, it wasn't you know he wasn't firing all cylinders um, you know like you, to, to be able to kind of have dif- different threats like that rather than a team being able to shut down one fella like it's a huge asset for you like and Keith like, yeah. like I, I suppose he's probably because I suppose the lads are better known Mark yeah. and, and Fionn they've been around the Cork scene underage and on the way up and that and um, but lads are, like the running and the work Keith does to create scores like two or three of Fionn's in the first half Keith laid off that last pass yeah, yeah. you know he's, he's, he's an absolutely selfless player like. yeah it was Dohnys manager Declan O'Dwyer there speaking to the media we just have to cut that a bit short because we finish off now by hearing from uh, Ireland Man United legend John O'Shea he was in Cork for the uh, Cadbury Grounds for Change national launch and he was speaking to Colm O'Sullivan oh 
okay uh, I can't bring the file up oh Ella anyway uh, we'll uh, we'll press on uh, with that and uh, yeah unfortunate there I will try to get that up I'll, I'll get that into the uh, the, the podcast uh, clip uh, later on when I get off from here um, I suppose let's do a roundup of the day's action and um, as we've heard Gabriel Martinelli's deflected strike with four minutes remaining saw Arsenal beat defending Premier League champions Man City 1-0 the North Londoners go level on points with rivals Tottenham at the summit after inflicting a second consecutive top flight defeat on last season's treble winners. Liverpool and Brighton drew two all as we heard and uh, the same scoreline uh, was had between Newcastle and West Ham at the London Stadium. Uh, Magpies manager Eddie Howe feels that his side should have picked up all three points this afternoon. It was a late, late goal uh, by West Ham to rescue point for them. Really tough first half for us. We won ourselves, probably deservedly 1-0 down. Totally different second half where I thought we deserved to then lead, where we were excellent. And yeah, disappointed we didn't go over the line because I think at that stage of the game before the second goal, felt like the game was ours. Yeah, and as we heard at the start of the show then, it is St. Pat's who will meet Bohemians in the FA Cup final next month. A repeat of the 2021 decider, unfortunately not to be for Cork City this afternoon. Uh, 2-0, it ended there. And if you missed any of that chat, uh, you can listen back on redfm.ie or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the big red bench, if you want to pull that up. Um, in the Women's Super League, Chelsea scored in the 96th minute to rescue a point away at Man City. The defending champions looks like they were heading for defeat before Jura Wrighton put popped up to score the crucial goal. City went down to nine players following red cards for Alex Greenwood and Lauren Hemp. Um, West Ham, meanwhile, recorded a 2-0 win over Brighton. Tottenham beat Bristol City 3-1 and Everton were beaten 1-0 by Leicester. And the late game this evening is underway there. Liverpool hosting Aston Villa. In rugby, Argentina books their spot in the last eight of the World Cup earlier this afternoon. They got past Japan 39-27 in Nantes. So that knocks Japan out and they will uh, meet Wales in the quarterfinals. Uh, Tonga finished in fourth in Pool B following a 45-24 win over Romania this evening and the late game sees Fiji take on Portugal in Pool C at 8 o'clock a win for Fiji would see them advance to the last eight a run of three birdies in four holes has Leona Maguire getting closer to the top ten at the Ascendant on the LPGA Tour this evening she's currently one under par through 11 holes three under all round and in a tie for 11th She's now eight shots off the lead, which is held by South Korean Kim Hyu Ju. Um, in athletics, Kevin Kipton broke the men's marathon world record. The Kenyan won in two hours and 35 seconds in Chicago. Uh, Kipton beat compatriot Eliud Kipchoge's previous quickest time uh, by more than half a minute. Um, all right, uh, we're going to get uh, just a, a quick bit of audio here uh, before we finish up the show. And let's get a full-time report from that uh, crazy game earlier on. I suppose we'll start off with the West Ham game. Uh, get a full-time report there from Guy Swindles. West Ham 2, Newcastle 2, game of two halves. We've said that before in football, but Suchek gave a dominant West Ham a lead in the eighth minute, and they played really well in the first half. Back came Newcastle, superb in the second. Isaac scored two, and probably should have scored a third when he hit the post. As it was, there was still time for Mohamed Kudos on as a substitute to slam the ball home from 20 yards and make it 2-2. There will be talk about two yellow cards not given to Newcastle players in the first half but it finished West Ham 2 Newcastle 2 Yeah and it was also 2-2 between Brighton and Liverpool Alan Lewis 
It's finished Brighton 2, Liverpool 2. A fabulous game of football ends with both sides settling for a point. Simon Adingra gave Brighton the lead after some sloppy play at the back, but Liverpool scored twice at the end of the first half. Mo Salah finishing off a nice attacking move to equalise and then scoring from the spot to put Liverpool in front. The second half was chances at both ends. Gravenbach missed the sitter for Liverpool. Brighton level 12 minutes from time, though. Lewis Dunk prodding home from close range. João Pedro missed a glorious chance to win it late on. A good game from two really good sides. It's finished Brighton 2, Liverpool 2. Yeah, and that is it uh, for me on the big red bench this weekend. Thank you for tuning in uh, yesterday and today. Uh, quite a busy weekend of sport and uh, another busy one coming up next weekend. That's quarterfinal in the World Cup against the All Blacks huge huge game we'll have loads of uh, analysis uh, coming up on next week's show and reaction as well afterwards on Sunday uh, that is it for me though thank you for tuning in Green on Red is on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM